We're on. Hello, Hello. everyone. Um, Welcome back to The Second Estate, where unfortunately, uh, once again, we'll have to be putting off the update on the search for Avril Lavigne's tie as uh, some more pressing news has come up, but we do hope that we can get back to that story ASAP. Um, As usual, we'll be going over a couple of culturally relevant stories from the week and then taking a deep dive into one in particular. So this week we'll be covering the very hot-button topic of Daniel Andrews versus anti-maskers, Ita Buttrose's comments about today's young workers, and then finally delving into Kanye West's recent thread of tweets. Um, And as usual, we are your hosts. My name is Sarah Bayer. And I'm Hannah Seymour. Um, Cue the applause while our fans go wild. Thank you so much, Um, guys. (laughs) <laughs> okay, for some for some oh, reason, um, we thought it would be a really good idea to drink during this episode because, like, mm. it's a Saturday afternoon and at two o'clock. Uh, yeah, at two o'clock. I mean, you know, when it's five when o'clock in, somewhere. When in, <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, and I reckon I'm going to get drunk really quickly I because I think I'm, not <laughs> I'm literally going to get blind drunk. I have I I'm drinking espresso martini because I just thought oh wow why not just make it really extra. I was also like I need more coffee, so I feel like this is going to hype me up. Yeah, I've had coffee today. Um, but um, I've also got a cider on hand, so if I feel like getting blind drunk, then that's going to be a possibility. So that's good. I like that. I've actually got a really similar setup, which shows how in tune we are. Oh. Um. I made, I didn't go to as much effort as you with espresso martini, but we had, last time we actually could see each other or one of the last times Hannah and I got, like made these cocktails and it had this weird ingredient in it called Lillette. Yeah. Lillette? Um, it's a like white Lillet? wine Lillet, yeah. liqueur. It's, it's, yeah, it's a white wine liqueur. And so anyway, I had some of that left. So I used that, but I treated it as if it was just white wine. Oh. So what, I poured, what did you make? So I just poured like... I reckon three quarters of a glass of that and then a quarter of a glass of soda water. Isn't and it really rich? Some, it's, it, I wouldn't say rich. I would say strong. Oh, God. Um, uh, and so you're just going to be really drunk by the episode. Yeah, like, episode. You, uh, well, and also because I'm not, I haven't been drinking that much in isolation because, like. You can't relate to that. Like, well, I don't, I think it's probably just because I live with my sister and we don't just, like, sit and drink together. So, like. Yeah, but I, I'd be like drinking if I was on my own, to be honest. Yeah, maybe or, I just—I probably have problematic. Drinking everyone has their demons. Yeah, <laughs> my only vice, really. Um, yeah, you, you're that you're an alcoholic. Yeah, um, just a minor but, one. Yeah, that's okay. And I, but I also have a random beer that I bought yesterday, but it's like a sour strawberry beer. I'm not sure. Well, I know why I bought it. I bought it because um, my one of my favorite activities is to flirt with the young men that work at Dan Murphy's <laughs> Richmond. How do you flirt with them with a mask on? You don't really. It's more just like normally I don't even like, I just don't like really talk to people. So I'm just like, oh, thank you. And then just leave. But for some reason I have to strike up conversation with them. What do you say to like, them? Uh, not, I don't know. I was just like, they're, like one Going of them came up to me and was, yeah. Like we're in isolation. Where do you live? Like, do you live? Once, do you want to hang out? What, once one of them asked me if I wanted to sign up to um like the Dan Murphy's rewards whatever it is and yeah. I was like oh yeah and they're like where should I mail your card and because I'm moving I was like oh 
mail it to my mum's house and like gave the address and they're like oh my god my mum's from there and, then, and, and oh, I was like what school did she oh go to like, what? <laughs> what school did the mum go to yeah like somehow trying to like insert myself into this um guy like 20 year old guy's life by like finding out what school his mum went to See if you it was made ridiculous mum both yeah. to rack to rack allegians yeah mm. exactly um and so I was um Anyway, yeah, so the reason anyway that I ended up buying this random beer is because it was suggested to me by one of my one of my many boyfriends. <laughs> Your many from Dan Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. So you'll think of, you'll think of nice. him while you're drinking. That's beautiful. Yeah, I think of him often. Um, oh. Uh, Does he yeah, have a name? Um, no, none of them have names. You're just um, 20-year-old boy from Dan Murphy's one. 10, yeah. 20-year-old yeah. boy from <laughs> They're all actually twenty-year-old boy from Dan Murphy's one. You're just guessing. I don't yeah. know the difference between them. <laughs> uh, right. All right. Um, do you have anything else it? to report? No. Yeah. Not. I feel like we talk enough that we know what's happening with yeah, one another exactly. lives. lives. Oh, let, should we quickly say thank you? Oh yes. Um, thank you very much to everyone who listened to our last episode. We were literally expecting like five people to listen to it. Um, and that's not us, that's not being humble. Like I think we literally were just like, cool, mm. so we'll expect like 10 people, but yeah. we got more than that. Listen, so, um, and so many people giving us feedback. So from the bottom of our hearts, um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really yeah. appreciate it. So, um, and shout out to Nicki Minaj. Congratulations on the pregnancy. Yes. Shout um, out. Love her. Love that. Um, but the barbs are excited so gotta <laughs> make sure you gotta appease the bulbs oh and congrats to demi lovato as well she got engaged yeah big congrats to, to demi. the love of her life her little partner i think she's known for about six months oh. um anyway <laughs> moving on well um okay <laughs> let's start yeah there's been a lot of commentary a whole lot of people who don't necessarily think that this virus is real or uh, think it's somehow a fundamental uh uh uh, attack on people's human rights. I just remind every Victorian that nurses and doctors wear masks when they're treating you, and I don't think it's too much to ask Victorians to wear a mask so that they don't finish up in hospital or contribute to somebody else finishing up in hospital. Uh, so that was Dan Andrews, the Victorian Premier, at a press conference this past week. Uh, as most of you will know, people in Melbourne and the Mitchell Shire uh, now have to wear a mask whenever they leave their house. Uh, and failure to do so will result in a $200 on the spot fine. Um, yes. Yeah, it's 200 yeah. yeah. Naturally, uh, there's been a lot of backlash to this for a few reasons um, varying in nature. Uh, some people citing human rights violations, others talking about that there's not enough evidence that masks actually help, mm-hmm. um, and then other people have some contrary evidence that wearing masks may have health implications in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, Hannah, what was your sort of when you started seeing uh, backlash online? What was your first reaction? Well, I my first reaction was just to be a bit dismissive of it, mm-hmm. um, just because I was like, well, it's just it does wearing a mask does kind of feel like just not that much. It's just not that much effort that you have to go to to mm. help prevent people from dying. Um, but I also think based on, I've, you know, based on how people, other people have been reacting to anti-maskers and even when I was researching this, it was actually quite difficult to find anyone who was just reporting on 
or describing anti-maskers in a way that was just like addressing or explaining their concerns. Yeah, I found the same thing. Yeah, it just sort of felt like it was like, (laughs) <laughs> another anti-masker has a breakdown in a supermarket, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I get that it's like, it's easy to be like, what the fuck? Why are they being so... Mm. But at the same time, I was like, well, you can... When people have conspiracy theories and everything, often it's because they think there's like... It, I feel like that sort of rhetoric around like basically dismissing their concerns might yeah. push them further into the fringe. Totally. I also, I think like, I mean... There's obviously a few reasons that that people were against it. Mm. Like one, I think, sort of maybe something that was a bit more surface level and didn't didn't have as much longevity is the fact that like the health advice did sort of like not flip flop, but we for a long time in Australia at least have been told for months that it's not like necessary and everything like that. Um, And now suddenly it's become mandatory to wear them like within mm-hmm. a very short space of time after sort of months of um being told that we didn't have to and I feel like you know a lot of the research around masks like in, especially in all the reading that I was doing like the actual concrete scientific research didn't come through till like June and July mm-hmm. um about how how they help to limit the spread and stuff so I think maybe that reason would be like the initial sort of rage ragey back backlash like angry backlash like <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you're immediately like well why have you been saying not to wear one yes, for the yes. last three months but i think um, it's sort of evident like because like the center for disease control and prevention and like the, obviously the australian government we're literally saying you don't need to wear a mask or don't wear a mask mm. um and i think that there's sort of like if the, the change in advice is actually probably just evidence of the fact that you know how, what we know about this virus is changing constantly and it's such a new thing yeah. that it's like yeah. even, you know, public health officials in the government don't necessarily have all the answers and they're only yeah, kind totally. of now, you know, which is fair enough because we're in the middle of this new fan- yeah. pandemic, but it's like my attitude towards that around the change in health advice is like, well, I can't really blame them for not necessarily knowing that that was Ooh, the correct yeah thing to do back in March or April yeah it's hard to know when it's in the initial stages of spreading and also we didn't have like wild community transmission at the time either so it would have been harder to trace but I mean like in the in sort of more more in-depth reasoning for why or sort of more political reasoning why people aren't or don't want to wear masks or aren't wearing masks is is this sort of personal freedom uh, yeah. and rights thing and look like I completely understand where people are coming from in in that argument I, I, I completely understand the concept of um, wanting to hold on to your own sort of feeling like you've got you've got control over your, like the, I saw a few people using like my body my choice like reappropriating what people use uh, in terms of like ab- abortion arguments and stuff mm-hmm. um and like we we can talk about why that is like problematic in and of itself because um it my body my choice is usually something that just directly affects you in that argument so like if I strapped bombs to myself and walked into a school yes it's my body and my choice to blow myself up but that's also going to result in the death of a lot of other people yeah yeah and it's the same thing if not like obviously on a way 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 
um, more, <laughs> less insane level, but a it's the same bit, thing yeah. as being like my body, my choice. I'm not wearing a mask, but yes, therefore I'm contributing to the spread of a pandemic. Yeah, of, of, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you had you read anything interesting about people's rights because I've got uh, yeah, I saw some some stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it kind of comes down to um, you know, I think before this, I never would have thought that masks could be such a political thing but it, it kind of, it really comes down I think um to your political ideology and your ideas around um you know personal freedoms I think it's a really western yeah. particularly American kind of yeah. idea that like you know it's the welfare of the individual and it's all about the um the individual's right to their own um freedoms Mm. Whereas I, you know, I personally believe that we have a collective responsibility to look after the health of others. And also like the research is there that, that shows that masks really do help with preventing the spread. Um, It also helps with what I found really interesting about masks in my reading is that it not only, it's not just that it actually necessarily prevents um, others from getting it, but if you wear a mask, it can lessen these, if you do actually get coronavirus, it can lessen the like, um, severity of the virus, if oh, like, yeah. in terms of the amount that you actually take in, so it's yeah, right. It's like I guess people's, you know, Ziggy Alberts, which a lot of people would have read and heard about, posted to his story, um, basically talking about how it infringes basic human rights, and he was talking about his family mm. who uh, he cited several family members, one who helped to hide a Jewish family from the Nazis. And he then came backtracked and was like, I wasn't comparing this to the Holocaust, which I know he wasn't, but it was also like he was sort of inferring that our personal freedoms are being taken away in a sense. Like he wasn't saying it was the same thing, but by putting them in the same, you know, paragraph or whatever, it's like, well, kind of feels like that's what you're comparing it to. But like, I kind of just go like he's got this thing that shouldn't be mandated and, it, mm. you know, people shouldn't face a fine if it happens. And it's like unfortunately there's literally no other way to make people people do it do the right thing. It's like well, the same I with seatbelts and fucking public indecency, you know what I mean? Like people yeah. can get fined for not wearing clothing. It's like it's just another new kind of thing that we just have to get used to, so, I yeah. think. I think as well like with the argument, and like firstly just before talking about the – Z Alberts and the yeah. comparing it to the Holocaust thing, but in I, I think a lot of people adopt this kind of ideology from America because there they have they have a constitution that um, sort of explicitly declares people's rights and freedoms, and their country was founded on that those kind of ideas. But that is an American thing. Like we don't yeah. have a constitution in Australia. We actually don't. There is nothing in Australian law that no, no, we don't have a constitution. That, we just don't have a Bill of Rights. No, we don't have a constitution. Yes, we do. We have we've signed the UN Declaration of Human Rights. No, we just don't, we have, don't a have a Bill of Rights. We do have a constitution. Oh, do we? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we don't. We, we do. <laughs> Let's move on. We just don't have a Bill of Rights. Oh, well, I'm an idiot, but anyway. <laughs> um, whatever it is, is we don't have anything like our laws are upheld by the High Court. Mm-hmm. And by like their discretion of individual cases. And, so their like they of the and their interpretation of, of that. And mm-hmm. so we don't have anything that's saying like we've adopted like the, what is it, the UN Declaration of Human Rights, but we don't have any explicit like um, 
the right to bear arms no, like they have which in is the what, States. Yeah, it's a Bill of Rights that they have um, in America. Yeah, right. Um, and so I guess like that taking into consideration is sort of one thing of like we don't have those sort of personal freedom protections in the way of it's like written down on a piece of paper, not like in the States how they have that. Um, ours is upheld through the court system and like they can um set precedents through cases but it's not um written yeah in exactly. war kind of thing uh but i think like with the compa- comparing it to the holocaust like taking that into consideration like i guess the closest comparison you can make is how, how they made jewish people wear like the star of david or whatever and and it's just fundamentally different <laughs> fucked. like yeah, I, um, i've watched videos of anti-maskers in america comparing those two yeah. things and it's like it's not like the star of david made jewish people basically brand themselves so that you knew that exactly jewish. It's like wearing a mask it is was, just protecting it, other yeah. people's well-being like this is not and it's, it's not uniquely singling you out so that no. they can continue to like subject you to violent oppression yeah like it's literally like and at the at the, the worst thing that can happen to you is you get a 200 fine yeah and i look That's i think the worst thing that one of the arguments people are making as well which is interesting is like that if you wear a mask uh, sorry, not if you wear a mask. Um, this mandate forcing people to wear masks is, you know, just a stepping stone in the direction toward the government having greater control over our bodily autonomy. Mm. Which I kind of get, like people are scared of, like the government having too much control. But at the same time, it's like, well, in what way is a mask um, impinging on any of your kind of? I get the body autonomy thing, but it's like. What what does it signify in terms of you losing control? Like it's yeah. it's a bit of fabric that you wear of your faith. It face it's not stopping you from speaking or like yeah. going you know moving your body in a way that you want. Like it's it just seems like a long a stretch to make. You know what I mean? No, definitely. And I think it's I think in many ways it's probably convenient. Yes, <laughs> like it's a convenient. It, it's like oh. I'm sort of someone who already errs on this side of being like a little bit suspicious of the government. So I'm going to take this physical representation of them muzzling us. Yes. And, take and I don't it really to, like, what to do, degree. so I'm not going to fucking hmm. wear a mask. It's people just being like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, yeah. Which and is like, just like, shut up, just do it. Like, can you please just fucking, fucking like, do it? Yeah. And no one's denying that wearing a mask fucking sucks yeah. like it is like it actually sucks but like obviously there's things in life that suck a lot more than wearing a mask like probably getting coronavirus yeah but like it's like or it being in icu one. or like hundreds you know thousands of people dying like it's just yeah, like yeah you know i know people keep saying like it's the least you can do but it literally is the it least is. You can do. like i do understand because it's like sweaty and uncomfortable and like really fucked and like when you forget it you're fully like power walking home yeah. because you're like so embarrassed you don't want anyone to see you on the street but like it's like I don't know I, I just think the way that I thought about it, and you're gonna I think you're gonna find this funny is like sometimes to live in a society like ours uh you have to unfortunately put up with to get the benefits of living in a quote-unquote nanny state like Australia <laughs> um, where you get access to, like, free healthcare and, like, extremely good access to um, education, et cetera, et cetera, or uh, you kind of have to unfortunately pay pay your dues in some way. It's like the tax yeah, system. Like, I, I do not want to pay tax. <laughs> I don't want to do it. 
ever. But I begrudgingly every year look at my like tax statement and go like this isn't this isn't fair. But but I pay the fucking tax. We well, don't have a un- choice. I feel like if no, you- <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. You don't really have a yes, choice. Yes. You're living as a part of this society. Like if you want full autonomy, like go. I don't know, to one of those countries that doesn't really have a government or has, like, extremely <laughs> small government. Like, what was the country I was talking to talking to you about moving to because it has, like, no tax? Oh, like, no income. What are they? They're all in, like, income. Europe. Is Monte Carlo one? or? Yeah, I was going to say, Monte I think Carlo. it's Monte Carlo. Those, like, those and European then, like, um, island nations. But yeah, t- like, usually tiny. Probably, Bahamas like, Luxembourg? and stuff like that. Is Luxembourg one? It's, I don't know. I don't know. It's always, like... It's tiny Caribbean islands. Like, okay, bye. Yeah, um, yeah. Tiny Caribbean islands and and like Monaco. Monaco. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Blair's ex-husband. Um. Where he was. He was. Yeah. Little. If you don't did, know what does, I'm talking does, about. You can stop listening now. Yeah. Um, little does everyone know. Um. Prince Louis actually had to marry Blair for tax evasion reasons. <laughs> um. All right. Should we move anyway, on to the next topic? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so um, Aisha Buttrose, who is a very well-known Australian um, journalist and author, she's 78 years old and she's was last year appointed as the ABC chair. So she recently came out, she was talking to the Australia United Kingdom Chamber of Commerce, um, which I don't actually know what that is, but anyway... <laughs> I just skimmed past. Did I try and find out what that is? No, I didn't. No. But um, here's what she <laughs> I said. I think we can all tell, like, what it is from there. From the name, Some kind of – I don't know. And I, why was she there? I don't know. Um, I'm really sorry to anyone that really appreciates research because I, I should know why she was there. <laughs> Moving on. Anyway. Um, Me. Australia doesn't have a constitution. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh uh-huh. Uh, anyway, get ready for part B, people. Things are going to get crazy. I'm fully drunk. Sorry. Keep going. (laughs) Okay. So, um, basically she was talking about changes in like the modern workplace and she made a few choice words about young workers. Um, No, 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 no. Not young workers. Millennials specifically. She did. Let me say the quotes first. Hang on. We'll get oh, into that. Did she second. not say millennials? Because every she, article. Yes. Oh. That, I, I have a bone to pick with every article referring to millennials. I she, have a bone to pick with pedestrian.tv. <laughs> <laughs> but no one says, she doesn't actually say millennials in this comment. She says younger workers. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Let's, I digress. This is what she said. Mm-hmm. And I've only got bits of her quotes because that's, she's kind that's of only been quoted reported. in that capacity. Yeah. Mm. So she says, what does change is the expectations of staff. That's where the change occurs. The younger workers like more transparency. Um, And then she's saying this is in like strong contrast to when she was a young journalist. Um, And she said, when you didn't hear from like your bosses, it was a good thing because no news means Mm. good news. Uh, And then she also said, but it seems to me that today's younger workers, they need much more reassurance they, and they need to be thanked, which is something many companies don't do. They're very keen on being thanked and they almost need hugging. That's before COVID, of course, we can't hug anymore, <laughs> but they almost need hugging. You have to understand that they seem to lack the resilience that I remember from my younger days. And then she also said that resilience is in short supply. She also then yeah. said that she's not sure if it's because of bad parenting. <laughs> and she doesn't want to go down that path because she doesn't want to offend young parents. Uh but anyway, she said a bit more, but those that's the general crux. The real stinger mm. is her saying that um, younger workers lack resilience and that they need hugging. Um, yeah. And obviously this has been like the subject of many uh, 
thought think pieces about her being um, basically an old, outdated person who should just stop talking. Um, but yeah, so what was your initial reaction to hearing her or reading her comments about younger workers? Well, I mean, quickly, like I just want to point out, like I think a lo- even if she didn't say millennial, I, th- I assume the intent intention was millennial because Gen Gen uh, Z is sort of only just. Yeah, well, millennials are twenty-three-year-olds to thirty-eight-year-olds. So it's a pretty right. big. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I just want to like quickly say straight up, I do not identify as a millennial. Um, I'm Gen Gen Z. Uh, I know that we are we're like the very last year of it, and I just refuse to be a part of it. Like, I'm really sorry. Like, I find millennials <laughs> extremely embarrassing because of one the reason I'm how sorry. they they name their children things like gizmo and <laughs> like they think that shows like friends and how i met your mother are funny like i'm like i can't cope with millennials and i i'm not part of it so um ida go off queen is all i have to say okay so firstly what i wanted to say about her comments <laughs> is like i do need a fucking hug like when it comes to my work Ugh. i like need I am the probably the least resilient person in the world. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to like needing reassurance, needing to be thanked and hugged from personal experience, I can so say she's right. I'm the fucking you. You got it, Aisha. Like I'm yeah. a weak person who needs to be hugged and thanked for my work constantly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That she's being said, I'm like, do you know if I can like say that that's representative of the entire millennial generation? Ooh. I don't think that's fair. But just from personal experience, I'm like, yeah, all right. Well, I'll, I'll take it. Um, you have to accept like the things that you do do. Yes. Like, it, the other thing yeah. is, is that like what I found interesting about her, because it was she was framing it as like a lot of it as a negative thing, but I, she actually said that young people demand more transparency for their, from their bosses, and essentially want to be told that everything's kind of okay and I'm like I don't really understand why that's a bad thing like I feel like if it's a generational change in that young people want to have more communication with their bosses it's just like that in itself isn't necessary she she's kind of what it sounds like she's saying is she's like I just want them to shut the fuck up and let me just tell them what to do and they can just stop demanding to be you know Told, given more things. information yeah um, well, I mean I'm I, like look I read it and I was like she's not wrong um I I think that like the constant need for reassurance not only is it kind of gross for a boss to have to do it's also a huge waste of time for them um they hired you to do a job they don't want to spend <laughs> half their time making sure you're okay um like making sure you're okay I'm as like, you oh, write yeah. a buzz as you write a listicle on all the things that happened on bachelor in paradise last <laughs> night like i'm sorry but like it's not you're not in the minds in like chilly like you're not like this isn't hard work you don't need someone to be over your shoulder telling you it's fine all day every day like I just okay really though I do think that like it's not even the fault of sort of millennials because it's like the reason people don't have resilience anymore is because they have a constant feed of gratification in the forms of likes and follows streaming through their brains like 24 7 for the most menial shit like you can post a photo of yourself and get a hundred likes and all you did was put on makeup. So imagine what you're gonna do. Imagine I'm honestly like in terms of work ethic, I'm literally too lazy to do that. You know what I mean? I'm like yeah, I right. was like, oh I might put on makeup for the podcast today just to feel like I'm like being a bit professional. Did I do that? No. Like I literally 
five minutes. If anyone has see, can see my setup right now for this <laughs> podcast, I literally have the microphone on a milk crate and I'm sitting <laughs> in a closet. So, um, yeah, like it's sort of, um, sorry, I completely interrupted you, but like, yeah, it's okay. it, it, it's a, there's a low bar to entry for like becoming a successful influencer in terms of um, getting heaps of likes and putting makeup on. Well, well yeah, exactly. And I just mean like if you can them. if you can get likes for for literally like lifting your little wrist and putting on some <laughs> putting on some foundation. You're completely no, you're like ex- your wrist has got full carpal tunnel from yeah. only typing on your phone for your entire well, life. Well, yeah, like what are you going to expect from from um your boss if you do like a huge presentation to like a client like you're gonna you're gonna feel like well where's the Rolls Royce that I like <laughs> automatically assumed I was gonna get like do you like it's like I mean this is like this is why people are like this and everyone from fucking pedestrian and junkie like eight like eight right out of her hand and did like a little yes I agree article about like how it's so hard to get a job when you're a millennial and yeah it's fucking hard none of us are going to be able to afford to own a house and like there's no job opportunities and rah 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 and we all have to have like way more skills than they did and do it for way less money all of that stuff is true but you would think that that would build resilience and and like because I really agree with you I do not I think that people nowadays in the workforce are a lot less resilient especially a recent experience that I've had working um which I like can't obviously go into but like it was like there was no resilience shown by mm-hmm. m- majority millennials and so I'm like I don't know I mean uh, I think what, that she's right what I found I don't necessarily I like kind of find it funny just because like I Mm. what I find funny is like when people get really like up in arms about old people saying shit and I'm Mm. just like who cares like I literally I get that she got a lot of power because she's the somebody's in your head of ABC I'm like she's the head of ABC and has complete control and I'm like who gives a fuck what she thinks um (laughs) but like I sort of like hear what she's saying and I'm just like okay like I don't it's not gonna make me change I don't really care what she thinks like it's sort of prove her wrong yeah, like, well, I mean, do the do the work and stop crying at your desk. But it's, <laughs> but uh, what I found interesting in reaction to it was um, the head of Harvey Norman, as in Jerry Harvey. Like the <laughs> saw guy, that the guy who started Harvey Norman. This is my favorite bit of this story. He weighed in. I didn't read everything he said. I literally got this one bit, and mm. that's what I took from Jerry Harvey's comments. He weighed in and suggested that. Um, Comparing today's younger generation to older generations and their work ethic isn't new. Like he's, he just mm. said people have been doing it for gen for g- literal generations. It's like saying yeah. young people have no work ethic and are not resilient and stuff. Like it's just something we've always said about young people. And I think yeah. based we can't really like base our experience or our our ideas around what young people are like in the workplace based on the few people item might have worked with i also don't think that millennials don't have work ethic i do just think that it's the fact that they're not resilient but i don't necessarily think that's true because i think like we know i know that this is what all pedestrian tv and shit has been saying but like you know in terms of like um how work has changed it's like the casualization of work has completely it's really impacted how easy it is for young people to get jobs Hmm. and young people have a much higher unemployment rate than older people um and so I think in terms of resilience, it's like, well, young people are kind of forced in a way to be resilient when it comes to trying to find work and retain work just because consistent 
um, secure work, work isn't yeah. as present as it was for someone like Ita Buttrose's generation. Um, and I also think there's just kind of always been a bit of like a moral panic around younger workforces becoming weaker and like less self-reliant. Mm. Um, so I don't, I don't agree with it. I'm just, but I also just think it's like, like, and this is not necessarily the best opinion to have because I know she has influence, but it's also just like old people will always say that bullshit. It's just, it's, and she's always probably thought that it's like, what do you want for Ida to get sacked? It's just like, it's going to be. It's yeah, a blip I, in the water. Like, it's yeah, not going to have it's any actual yeah, it, effect on... Yeah. There's going to be old people reading the Herald Sun who agree with her, and, and there's going to be the young... <laughs> what? And, and you. Me. And then there's going to be young people either not giving a fuck or reading pedestrian TV articles comparing it to an episode of Mad Men and having a laugh. So, mm, mm, mm. you know... Yeah, look, I just... Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, to wrap it up, I do... I don't think that... I think millennials aren't particularly resilient in that they don't take um, criticism that well and they do tend to... Like, I hate young people. Re- reassure <laughs> you're, an, you're literally like a 60-year-old um, man already. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm a Gen... I'm Gen Z. Like, seriously, get with you us. Um, and, uh, and, <laughs> but, and, like, but then I do agree that the fact that, like, most people over, like, probably 40 or 50, like, actually can't use a fucking computer. Yeah, old, so, old like, it's like, like it, mm. that's the trade-off. Right, like they actually cannot use computers, <laughs> and so it's, it's like I'm not sure how you actually do anything all day when you have 18 fucking PDFs open, <laughs> and like I'm just like anyway. Should we uh, move on? Yeah, let's move on. Okay, so we have a word from our sponsor now. Um, so this episode was sponsored by Demi Lovato's new line of cowboy boots called Little Partner. Um, so thank you so much, Demi's new line. Um, we're really thankful for you for sponsoring this episode. I think our um, pairs have been held up uh, in international post just because of like coronavirus and everything. But yeah, we'll make sure. But to they're really cute together. cowboy boots. If you can Google them, just Google little partner Demi Lovato, and you'll be able to find them. They're sort of like a Taylor Swift 2010 esque vibe. Um, kind of puckering open at the end, uh, <laughs> <laughs> brown, be- bejeweled, yeah, leather. All right. Uh, So next up, we're going to do our deep dive and we're going to be talking about um, Kanye West's recent foray into Twitter, where he was basically uh, in in this past week, over a couple of days, posting very frequently in a kind of somewhat uh, incoherent manic. What's the word? What did you? Oh, I just said manic. Yeah, manic. Like it's he's it's quite clear that he's. If you don't know, Kanye uh, is has bipolar, and it looks like he's having quite a significant manic episode. Um, and yeah. it's coming out on Twitter. So, yeah. What were your kind of initial thoughts about this, Sarah? Well, I mean, firstly, I love that um I managed to get Kanye into both episodes. I know. I literally um, like, I feel like we should podcast. avoid talking about Kanye twice, but. Here we so, are. <laughs> yeah. Well, He's I mean, it was too much news. news for us not to talk about it. He so. is. He is. Um, but I guess, yeah, first off, anyone who writes off what I say, because you just think that I'm an obsessed fan with no critical thinking abilities. You would be right. Um, no. Take a moment <laughs> to look inward uh, on why you hate Kanye so much. Should we and meditate on this? Yes, it is eyes. because you're racist. Um, anyway, so uh, moving on. I, I did. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie, I actually struggled kind of getting my thoughts in a succinct way about this because, like, at the base level, I'm I'm quite distraught. Like, whether or not you acknowledge 
uh, if Kanye's contributions to society are important. He's and like okay, so whether or not you acknowledge it, like I think that the way that Kanye has contributed to society is so unique, and his way of thinking is so unique um, that the thought of him being unable to contribute any longer is really fucked up. And then mm-hmm. also on a level of thinking about him personally and his relationships it's also really sad because he has kids in a family mm. that are actually like affected by this mm-hmm. and not just peripherally uh affected um do, like do you want to outline any of the stuff that that he said specifically yeah so i've literally just got some of the screenshots of the tweets so if, if you haven't seen the tweets because most of them have since been deleted um so based on the title of this episode this was one of the tweets that's uh that came from um they tried to fly in so he's in wyoming at the moment while kim and the rest of her family's in la so he's like they tried to fly in with two doctors to 55 51 slash 50 me i've been trying to get divorced since kim met with meek at the wardorf for prison reform i got 200 more to go this is my lady tweet of the night chris jong-un little baby my favorite rapper won't do a song with me <laughs> um so it's like one of my favorite tweets was Larsa with just the thinking face yeah you know who Larsa Pippen is um that's what he's saying what we've all been it's just like Larsa like it's just (laughs) um yeah if you if you need more information google Larsa she's just this like you know hanger on her who's for Mm. some she's just friends with the the Kardashians but she's also a massive bitch so uh, yeah. Was married to Scotty Pippen for relevance of who she is. Yes. Um, uh, the Chicago Bulls player. So he um, just, basically the tweets were, he just said, come and get me. Um, MJ told you about Tommy before they killed him. Kim saved my daughter's life in the name of Jesus. It's God's choice only. I will live for my children. Chris, I'm in Cody if you're not planning another one of your children's Playboy shoots. <laughs> and so he, a lot of it was coming for Chris Jenner. Yeah, talking about there was a lot of movie stuff. Get Out being about him, about Chris, mm. and you know, taking he'll never let um, North do Playboy a Playboy shoot, um, and like he mentioned, basically Chris and Kim and white supremacy, and like, yeah, it was yeah. pretty like in terms of you could sort of grasp some of the things he was saying, yeah. but it was pretty, I would say, incoherent. Is a accurate summation yeah. of it, and like I think. I probably said this in the last episode. Um, he sort of off, like he says things, and he has a history of this. Um, you know, from literally 2004, you can trace televised history of Kanye saying things. Like, I'm not going to go fully into it, but if anyone knows the George Bush doesn't care about black people thing, he has a televised history mm-hmm. of like going going off script and saying things that you know might come out in like an incoherent sort of babble or whatever but at the core of it have this really interesting and fundamental truth um and like I'm sorry but Chris Jong-un is the most on point reference anyone <laughs> could have made it's really this incredible like, it's incredible it is like I can't believe no one's ever thought of it before like it is so amazing and like if it wasn't for his bipolar we wouldn't have got that reference like mm-hmm. I mean, all like well, we he's talked about how bipolar is his superpower. His superpower. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he has. <laughs> You're like um, I know. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't have no, to but, tell me. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's no. But he. I mean, Chris does did and does whore her kids out for fame she and does. makes money off of it. He is right. Yeah. Like at, he's totally right, and obviously it's wrapped up in this package of like nonsensical, sort of strangely tight 
out sort of tweets and stuff. And like every single time he has done sort of one of these things, like 2009, when he got on the stage and said that Beyonce deserved the award, she did. Yes. She did Mm -hmm. deserve the award. And he was literally, and his reasoning for getting up there was because he was sick of black artists contributing so much and getting no reward for it. And this is before like rhetoric um, in sort of like the, the well, the landscape and discourse about race had shifted mm-hmm. towards being like like that kind of thing. He said it before it was popular, I guess. Yes. Um, and, and in hindsight, because, like looking yeah. at that particular incident, it's like, you know, the thing is he has a habit of saying the right thing in the wrong way. Totally. Like he and says what's actually totally. really fucking important, but he says it in a way that makes people reject and push him away and call him an asshole and like, yeah, hundred percent. Continues, hundred percent. Like it's and it's no, no. But I'm, I'm like, and that's what I'm saying. It's like literally there is a history. Like you can pinpoint moments in 2013 from when he was like promoting his Yeezus album. I don't know if it like there's an interview where he, if anyone's heard the quote, like you ain't got the answers, Sway, where he's like yelling at this radio DJ named Sway, mm-hmm. who and like because he's talking about trying to start his clothing line, and everyone just told him he's a rapper. He was a rapper. Mm-hmm. He's not a clothing designer. Blah blah blah. Like so, it's like. He has this real he's he has like a lyric to one of his songs that's like um talking I can't remember it verbatim but it's like can't get his messaging right like I've been thinking um like George Jetson but sounding like George Jefferson who's like a character in a um sitcom mm-hmm. uh who talks like stereotypically black I'm pretty sure uh and yeah anyway so it's kind of like he's uh he, I don't know. I, I'm like obviously on like a surface level worried about him, but there is this part of me that's like, without Kanye having his what he calls his superpower, we don't get these incredible moments of insight or the incredible artistry that that yeah. he provides us with. Like we have to go through these low points to get the high points, right? Yeah. I mean, like on another, like on. What I found really interesting when I was thinking about this and also um, based on our episode last week when we talked about Britney and how Mm. we kind of, as a society and how we've built up celebrities, we love Mm -hmm. to watch celebrities have public breakdowns and kind of it's a spectator sport and it's like Mm. we, we love them but we love to watch them fall and I feel like Twitter has become this incredibly, um, dangerous platform especially for people Mm. who have who are prone to having manic episodes where they can kind of like because when when you have a um a bipolar like if you're having a manic episode you can interestingly one of the main things is um like delusions of grandeur and um Mm. starting these kind of really elaborate plans and things but it's also like Kanye doesn't really have delusions of grandeur. Like he, no, he's, you know, like he, all of his kind of delusions have turned into these actual realities. The realities, yeah. yeah. But like you know, I digress. Like in terms of watching this play out, um, and a lot of people have said this that it's actually quite sad and confronting because we're watching someone have an episode and struggle with something so publicly, and yet yeah. we can't take our eyes away from it. We're watching it happen on Twitter, and you know, I guess in recent years since um, social media platforms, like back when Britney was having a meltdown, it just, we had MySpace. Like it just wasn't the same thing. Mm. Whereas now. No, yeah, it's nowhere near the same. Yeah, now we're able to kind of watch people go through this in such a public way. 
Um, and I just think it's like, you know, regardless of what you think of Kanye, it's like, it's sort of this thing we've never really had before, aside from mm. like, you know, you know, 13 years ago when we were watching Britney shave her head, we were watching that through mm. tabloids. And yeah, photos right. of was, her that was... were sold to five hundred thousand dollars. Now we're literally seeing it straight from the horse's mouth. We're watching yeah. someone have a breakdown online, and, and in a very public family to begin with. Totally, and it's like uh, I really, firstly, Kim released a statement. Obviously, I love the Kardashians. Like, mm. no matter how problematic they are, I just love them. But watching a family go through that and watching him go through that, it's just incredibly sad, and it's incredibly it like. Is confronting because they're having to deal with all of that while being watched and he's kind of obviously just like going off on his own thing but it's like you think about the fact that Britney Spears is in a um, conservatorship where she can't doesn't have control over her social media and it's like well not that I'm justifying the conservatorship but it's probably part of the reason it's that she literally could just go rogue and kind of yeah well I mean mean what's worse in that regard like stifling someone this is also a Kanye quote like marginalizing marginalizing someone till they're out of their moment or letting them have it's literally like this is one of the um insane points that I wrote down but it's like that um Marilyn Monroe quote that she obviously didn't say but people attribute to her (laughs) which is like if you can't handle me at my worst you don't deserve me at my best so (laughs) like don't you guys fucking dare sing along to Gold Digger if it comes on at a party if you're not down for Kanye now Mm -hmm. like I'm sorry but like we get him at his highest peak of creativity and he makes the most amazing product, probably stuff that for 10 years we won't fully appreciate. Um, so we're going to have to go through times where he, like, decides to run for president and um, calls Chris, Chris Jong-un, and has these sort of, like, in, insane moments. And people talk about, like, normalising and destigmatizing mental illness. And, like, here's the time to put your money where your fucking mouth is and stop telling him yep. he's a problematic lunatic on Twitter and understand, like... Or boomers, thinking, sorry to use the word yeah. boomers, but, like, middle-aged people calling him an yeah. asshole. It's like, yeah, he, maybe yeah. he is, but it's also, like, he's also a creative genius who has changed mm-hmm. culture fundamentally. Like, he just has. yeah. I saw this really funny tweet that was like, give Kanye West a fucking break because if you wouldn't have a go at being president if you were him, every three months on here, someone with 3,000 followers tries to crowdfund their autobiography. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you'd probably just like, fuck it, let's see if I can just become president. I think that's what Donald Trump did and then he accidentally did it. But yeah, I think yeah. what like, you oh, just said is the same thing that Kim said in her statement. I feel like people are literally going to tune out during this because we're both so, like, praising Kim and Kanye. But she said yeah. in, she posted a very heartfelt. Well, fuck them. Seriously. Um, like, <laughs> I love them. So whatever. Yeah. Um, but she said, me, drunk, like, shut up. Um, but, yeah. like, Kim. <laughs> fuck you guys, I love Kanye. Fuck you, I love Kim and Kanye. And Kim basically said, um, we as a society talk about giving grace to the issue of mental health as a whole. However, mm. we should also give it to the individuals who are living with it in times when they need it most. Mm. And I think that's very true. I think it's, um, I think when, even if you don't like someone, even if you think mm. it's funny, and I do, I will admit that I found the Lhasa tweet funny. and the Kim oh, was, No, some of it was fucking hilarious. But yeah, I think like, we just have <laughs> compassion for Kanye West. The, you just hope that like, through this, because the, the real issue isn't him going on a Twitter rampage. It's whether mm. or not he is okay and whether or not he's becoming a danger to himself. But like, totally, and his 
kids and his family whatever. exactly yeah. but i think kim is right i think that no matter who the person is you need to have compassion for them and it's not just about a collective understanding about mental health but also having individual compassion for the individuals so yeah and i yeah i um will you humor me just to just to say a couple of there's there's a Kanye song from 2016 called Saint Pablo off of his, off of his life of Pablo record. Are you going to sing rapping? Um, <laughs> but like, like I think people <laughs> people don't really Do understand where he's coming from a lot of the time. Like the people, I think people's immediate Sorry. reaction to him is like the is this sort of. Um, automatically defensive thing of he's a dickhead or whatever mm-hmm. like you were saying before about like middle-aged people just being like oh he's a dick like real music is led zeppelin like and it's <laughs> no like and like and the beatles like, okay. yeah like who the fuck are the beatles <laughs> um no but like that's a 30 year old quote anyway i don't uh, know who that um, is um um <laughs> who's Bob dylan um i don't know her. anyway this song he says a few things that like kind of help you i guess a little bit understand i'll just read a couple of things he says okay so like, when, just, just humor me okay. it's the end of the episode humor me Be, and i'm drunk and i love Kanye. um so he says people trying to say i'm going crazy on twitter my friend's best advice was to stay low i guess it's hard to decipher all of the bills especially when you've got family members on payroll the media said it was out- outlandish spending. The media said he's way out of control. I just feel like I'm the only one not pretending. I'm not out of control. I'm just not in their control. And there's like this this song has like a lot of really interesting stuff. Like he talks about like most blacks with money have been beaten to submission. Yeezy with the big house did it way different. And there's like a lot of other stuff that he talks about how, you know, people sort of tell him that if he says too much or does too much, he's out of touch. But I, I, if anyone struggles to sort of understand his mind and, like, it's not just a, yeah, he has a huge ego and, yeah, he can be a massive dickhead, but, like, I do think that there is a line in which you forgive it when someone contributes to society so much. So, yeah, listen to that song if you want to better understand him. No, I love that. I feel like we should just end every episode with a, your fav- one of your favourite quotes from Kanye. If um, I fucked this bottle and she just bleached her asshole, like, bleached on my T-shirt. <laughs> No, but it was great. I I think you're right, and um, I'm glad that we've been able to talk about Kanye as much as we have in our first two episodes. Same. Um. All right. We Shall we wrap up? Well, unless and... something happens. What's that? Unless something happens, I'll allow us to rest it for an episode. Okay. <laughs> you're like, we must do a Kanye segment in every <laughs> single episode. Um. Okay. So we wrap up with a top three. Yeah. Let's do a quick one. Excellent. Do you so... want me to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh. Up to you. I can go first. Okay, go ahead. Um, top three strengths employers look for? Silence. Oh, <laughs> um, but do you want to say them anyway? I want to say my real one, but yeah, go. Uh, silence, loyalty, ability to use computer. True, silence. <laughs> fucking say anything. Um, no, my real one, I just liked that because when I Google, I just decided to Google top three. That was one of the ones yeah. that came up with top three strengths employers look for and also top three Minecraft songs, which I was like, random. <laughs> that I can't do, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, the one I came up with, um, and it was sort of inspired by your one from last week, but top three mm. worst women's hairstyles. Oh, my God. I literally have top three worst hairstyles, male or female, written for you. Wow. Wow. Oh, Great minds so think alike. So um, um, 
Top three, three worst female hairstyles. Ah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, fuck, I am going to get... <laughs> this is the end of my podcasting career. Christ, just don't um... say it <laughs> Cancelled. Yeah, like I'm actually... Okay. Uh... Why? You're allowed to not like hairstyles. I feel like that's pretty lighthearted. No, yeah, I feel like I'm allowed to not like hairstyles. If I said uh, I who my top three worst public speakers from high school were, then maybe I would get cancelled. <laughs> you didn't but... say it, though. I know, but I'm, I'm just saying I'm hairstyles. actually just trying, genuinely uh, trying to think of I really offended some like. people, <clears throat> Kieran, for saying that I didn't like boat shoes. Like, so you can go mm, off I think that's wide. Okay, well, hairstyles, like, obviously... Um, I don't like any sort of like aggressively dyed short, um, <laughs> short sort of like uh, either it can either be like the Karen hairstyle mm-hmm. or it converge into like Brunswick twenty year olds. Like they kind of often have the same vibe of the same like concave like, bob, two ends of a spectrum. Hang like on, no, a no, Karen no, it's sort of okay. Yeah, I, no, Karen is like a side fringe bob. Yeah dyed blonde but then like sort of the brunswick-esque version of that is like packet dyed blonde with like dark roots coming through and they've sort of like cut it themselves with a fringe that they've cut themselves that's not intentionally on an angle but is right um and (laughs) yeah so that's one that i don't like okay um i also hate 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 this is number one when anyone dyes their hair that like purpley red do you know what i mean not like Like dark red not not like yeah not not ginger but you know what i mean like the purpley red that is just like i feel like everyone you know what i mean oh Um, yes like a dark purple in any hairstyle is like shut it the fuck down do not speak to me (laughs) we will have nothing in common Um, stop talking to me (laughs) yeah and the third is like Sort of just that hairstyle that every child has, which is just like long, slightly matted, uncut uh, baby hair. Kids, don't like kids. Um, no, <laughs> like, that, you, you know what I mean. How kids sort of, like... you have all like sort of I don't know seven year olds just sort of have like long, unbrushed hair. I don't like that. Okay, it's unbrushed um, hair. That's fair enough. Yeah. Children, well, so, okay. Um, <laughs> go do yours. Okay, um. Fine. Okay, that one's out. This one is still on the hair theme, but it's really good. Okay. Or do you want me to ask? Hang on, let me just ask you this one. I know you're not going to answer it, but I want to ask it. Okay. Top three times you remember going to a friend's house and their mum made something that you found absolutely disgusting, so you had to force it down and pretended like you liked it. God, that's literally like a trauma. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I would count that as like a traumatic experience that I'd go yeah. to someone's for. Um. That's not true. That was a joke. Um, just not a very funny one. Uh, Sorry, I didn't hear what you said. It's fine. It's um, <laughs> just like, anyway, uh, but no, yeah, I'm not going to answer that. But tell me the next one. Top three most fucked things your hairdresser has ever said to you without you prompting them in the slightest. I literally wouldn't. Oh, okay. Just a disclaimer. This is not my actual hairdresser because I love my actual hairdresser. Um. Emma from Hair and Barclay in Mornington, just shout mm. out. This is not from her. She's a legend mm. who also cuts my mum's hair. Anyway, but from another hairdresser I've had only one session with said that they, like, were all, he said, he said that his old. We both had this hairdresser. Yes, we both had this hairdresser. We're both like, <laughs> we were both like, like never again. He lived with a literal pedophile. And I was like, 
what? And he was like, and I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, oh, like he tried to have sex with me. I was like, you're a grown man. So I don't yeah, think it's, it's not also, like, Why are all hairdressers pathological liars? I don't know. But he, he basically, I can't even, he also said, I can't remember the specifics of what he said. So this is not a very good top three, but he basically went into detail about like his traumas and like his, um, all of the different houses he's had to live in since moving to Australia. I think yeah. worried some point going to listen to this podcast. he won't um but that was i guess the most interesting experience about it, it was truly yeah. wild and he just yeah. completely like unevenly cut my hair as well so yeah, yeah. he's not a very good hairdresser no, not, but you're so distracted by the shit that he's saying that it's, you don't notice <laughs> like, Alan. um he told me about how his dad didn't accept him because he was gay and he got kicked out of the house. And then there was like a whole slew of other things that happened after that, that I like just tuned out for yeah. because it got way too much. Out like three or four different times because each housemate was <laughs> more fun. how we both know this. Right. Obviously he says it to every single client. And we really, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. And Holly also had this hairdresser. Anyway. All right. I feel like she talking. liked him. What? Okay. Let's just. <laughs> Let's end the episode. I feel like we're just too drunk to be actually doing this. Yeah. Anyway, um, um, we're going to have a huge drop off right after the first maybe four minutes. Um, anyway, shout out to you if you stuck around to the end If of you're still episode. here, you're a true fan. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, we'll send you something in the mail, a signed photo or something. Uh, right. When Sarah gets her merch printed, you'll get a signed yeah. copy of that. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.